Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our special guest, Aaron Labax. Today, we're going to be talking about why emotional intelligence is needed for effective writing. This is going to be a fantastic conversation, and I want to give you a little bit of background on Erin. She helps you write with clarity, confidence, and emotional intelligence. Erin's curriculum and book, High Value Writing, capture Erin's 25 years of experience working with business and academic writers around the world. Erin's interactive interactive sessions engage learners in purposeful discussions that respect their desire for intellectual growth while also providing practical strategies participants can immediately apply in the workplace. Erin has trained and taught in the United States and Asia in the finance, manufacturing and trades, nonprofit, higher education, healthcare and public sectors. I'm not sure what's left, but clients have included the U.S. Forest Service, the European Commission, UC Davis, and I'm sure I'm not going to quite get this right, but Del Goranatolo, Goranatolo, independent media outlet in Indonesia, and I sincerely apologize for butchering that name, (laughs) Wuhan University in China, CalHR, city and county governments throughout California and international customs agencies. My goodness gracious, Erin, you have been busy. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks so much, Lynn. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, you are so welcome and thank you for being so gracious. And before we get started, for anyone who's joining us for that very first time, hey, this is your moment. Subscribe to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts and you won't ever miss an episode. And while we're there, if you love the show, you love what we're doing, please give us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. So Aaron, I mean, my goodness, what a background. And I didn't even go into all your degrees and all the other experience that you've had. And I am just really curious, what started you down this path and how has it guided you along the way? Yeah, you know, it's been an interesting journey. I I did not start thinking that this is where I would be. Um, Actually, I started um, as an educator. Well, I guess if you count when I was very young, I started teaching swimming. (laughs) But after that, I started in the classroom teaching high school um, in the late 90s. And I noticed, wow, when people can write with confidence and clarity, their options just open up. I was at a, um, an underperforming school, an under-resourced school, and seeing the idea that when people thought realized, oh, I can make this paragraph, I can write something on to apply for an internship, I can do all this stuff, it's a game changer for people, as you know, right? Being able to use our voice versus not. Um, and so that really keyed me up that this is something I want to teach. It wasn't what I studied in college. I was doing international politics. But as soon as I saw the impact on people's individual ability to pursue their goals, I thought, well, this is a service that I can provide. Um, so since then, mostly taught in universities in the U.S. and around the world a little. And the last five years or so, I just teach in my own business now um, for different clients companies, organizations, agencies, et cetera. Um, And so it's really kept me going because every single time I do it, you see the empowerment on people's faces, in their behavior, when they realize, hey, writing is not something you have to be born with. It's not 
a creative muse situation. It's something that we can all do and we can all own with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. It's a learned skill, just like exactly baking a souffle. I mean, it's a learned skill. Yeah. And it is a very core communication skill that is absolutely necessary. So I'm really fascinated because communication is so vital, certainly in your career, in your life, in your relationships, and of course, in sales. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is your process or, or do you, I assume you have a very set process. You talked about your curriculum Mm -hmm. uh, that you take your clients through. Yeah, I do. Well, one of the, I, I try to sort of help all of us, my clients, and even reminding myself as we talk about it, to get past whatever writing myths we might've grown up with and to move forward with how we can use writing now and how we can be independent about it. I think many of us, we grew up being taught to write um, in a way for school, which meant that we wrote to show what we know. We wrote to say, hey, I'm gonna use some big vocab words, I'm gonna cite my sources and I look forward to you judging me on it, (laughs) right? That was how we grew up writing. And it's a weird feeling um, and it's not really, that wasn't really actionable writing. It was writing just to show something. Well, today we're writing so that other people can use what we wrote. And so I take people through kind of the understanding that number one, there are two sides to writing. There are two sides to reading. When you get an email, you receive informational messaging like, oh, thanks for letting me know the meeting is at 2 p.m. But you also receive emotional messaging because you might react, huh, that sounded condescending or, oh, I'm so excited about the meeting now. And so writing includes these two layers that I call writing IQ and writing EQ that we have to consider because our reader is going to feel both of them. So we talk about that, and then we also spend a lot of time just sort of realizing that we can all be the expert in whatever we're writing. Writing is really about two things. It's about who's going to read this and what is my goal with what I'm writing. And by thinking about who's going to read it, what they need, what they value, and by thinking about what I'm trying to accomplish, I can make all the decisions I need to make, like how much detail to put in, what tone to use, what order to put stuff in. I can make all those decisions myself. And it's not like in school where we thought, oh, I wish I were better at this, but too bad, I got a B minus. No, we can all do it by analyzing those two questions ahead of time. That's very good advice. And I, so I'm curious, though, as you are instructing people and training them with that, what are some of the things that you find holds people back in really, uh, really fulfilling, you know, their ability to write with that clarity and confidence? Yeah, I think um, fear, of course, is one of them um, generally. And the fact that we grew up writing in a way that doesn't necessarily mirror how we need to write at work. Um, And so therefore, I think people are held back by simply not having talked about writing in the way that we actually use it now. For example, we haven't talked about the fact that when we read an email, we want to know what is this for and what do I have to do? So that writer needs to say their main point and their call to action right away because the reader needs that. Anytime I open an email, I'm curious about those two things. Why did I even receive this? What's my part? That information needs to come out soon. But again, we didn't think about writing in that way because we never thought about writing as relational back and forth between two people, 
developing a relationship, um, which is why I also talk about writing EQ a lot, because the truth is, you know, all of us, me, Lynn, listeners, we have relationships with people we've never met. And, you know, Lynn and I, this is our second time talking in person, but we have prepared for this through email and, and written messages. And yet, and so we've already established trust because we did our writing in the way where we cared about the other person. And so that's what I take people through too, is that at this point, we're not just writing to inform, but to connect. And our relationships, like you said in the beginning, you know, they depend on communication, whether it's at home or at work or at school. Yeah, no, and that's so true. I think the emotional intelligence is one of the things that is... Com- I see a lot of lack, especially, you know, full disclosure, you and I met at in a virtual setting. And so didn't know each other for Adam Mm -hmm. or or Eve. (laughs) And here we were. And then we connected in the chat. And then we connected on LinkedIn. And we sort of continued that conversation. We ended up meeting for a virtual meeting. But that was because we both showed that we were genuinely interested in what the other had to say, we were curious, right. you know, we, we came at it, what, what I like to call worthy intent mm. that we weren't looking for what we could get out of it. Right. Right. We were looking for making a human to human connection and that curiosity. And if there was an opportunity or a way that we could help or serve uh, one another, then that was like, wow, we get to create impact on top. Woo. That's right. the cherry. Yeah. And that's something that I personally find is just so often I'm just truly lacking in whatever the email campaigns. Oh my goodness, the the messaging that you get, especially on LinkedIn and that professional environment. You connect with somebody and immediately it's bam, bam, set up a meeting with me. Wow. And it's like, okay, yeah, I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. Um Right. And, 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 and as far as I'm concerned, that is a complete lack of respect and they're dead to me. And so uh, to me, that's just like, that is a waste of a potential relationship, a complete waste. You've just taken this beautiful meal. You know, I always like to say it's this beautiful meal of spaghetti and you've got the roasted asparagus and you've got the, you know, toasted garlic bread. And they just took it and they threw it against the wall. And <laughs> right. then they're, and then they're just going to kind of scrape off some of the pieces that are stuck to the wall. I mean, yeah. it's just like, really, are you yeah. kidding me? You know? So um, that's my analogy I like to use, but I think that emotional intelligence, when you're trying to create that spark and light the fan, the spark to create a relationship, a human to human relationship is so vital. Mm-hmm. So in writing, Mm-hmm. How do you really, uh, I'm curious how do you instruct your clients to latch onto that and how can people who are listening latch onto that to do a better job? Right. Yeah. Because I, I really like how you explained that. And, you know, listeners remember a moment ago, Lynn said that when somebody is that disrespectful, you know, she has a huge emotional reaction. We have emotional reactions to everything we read. We feel excited. We feel annoyed. We feel put down, whatever it might be. And it's real. So it's with every time we read something, there's that potential. So I encourage us to, and I'll I'll talk about some practical ways to do this as well, but to step into our reader's perspective as much as possible. Um, it, 
it didn't occur to me for many years, so maybe it hasn't occurred to others either, but unless you are journaling or note-taking, you are not writing for you. There is almost no scenario where we write for us ourselves. And yet, because we live in our own brain and our own, you know, existence, we think through our own filter. But when we're writing to someone, this is something that's for them. And so, it, you know, it strikes me with your example of somebody on LinkedIn saying, hey, we've never chatted, but I'm sure you want to subscribe to all these things I have to offer. It's kind of like, well, you didn't think from my perspective because my perspective would have meant that I wanted to understand a little more and develop trust with you before that happened. And so I encourage folks to try to step out of the writer's logic and into the reader's logic. For example, it's very logical for a writer to think, okay, I'm going to tell my reader about a new decision at work. And if I heard about a new decision, I would want to know where it came from. So I'll see writers do things like, long ago, we started talking about this. We've had five meetings. We got a bunch of committee reports. And guess what? Here's the decision. And they put it at the end because they think, well, logically, A leads to B leads to C leads to this decision. But the reader's logic is opposite. They want to know the bottom line right away. They don't have that context. And so for them to have to wait until the bottom of the email to find out the main point is is counter to the reader's logic. And so we really have to think, if I were reading this, in what order, for example, would I want to receive that information? And even if I think, well, I'll make those decisions based on who's reading it. So for example, if we're doing a report on climate change, I'm going to send it to people in Florida. Well, I'm going to start with hurricanes. And then I send that report to people in California. I'm going to reorg and start with wildfires. I will be thinking about the reader's perspective and needs as much as I can. Um, And so that also goes for writing decisions like how much detail to give or how much background or whether to use bullets. All those types of decisions, they seem like mysteries, but we can solve them by thinking about what our reader truly needs. And a recent um, quick example of a perfect example of this idea that the readers, the writers and readers perspective is not the same. Um, I was teaching a leadership development writing course a few weeks ago, and this really, you know, honest guy, we, we talk about our writing fails in class, honestly, you know, he said, well, what, here's one of the first things I did as a new leader, unfortunately, I wrote to my supervisor, she wanted an update on what my team was doing. He said he wrote her about five paragraphs of update. He told the class that, and we all kind of cringed. And (laughs) somebody was said, five paragraphs. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't want to read that. And he said, you know what? Now that I think about it, I know my supervisor as a person, and she is a bottom line person. So why did I do that? She's a bottom line person. It doesn't matter how many details I care about. It cares how many, it matters how many she cares about. And so we said, well, Francisco, why did you do it? And he said, well, I did it because I was proud of myself and I never (laughs) stopped to do the EQ, self-monitoring. I just went on and on, even though she didn't really want it. And so that's what we need to do is get out of our own perspective and into theirs as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That is a great story. And I love that because it is. I, I talk a lot about thinking like the client in this mm-hmm. case, it's thinking like the reader yeah. uh, and your audience and how they're going to receive that. Um, because there are, there's so many different ways that um, 
that communication is vital, we wouldn't be able to function yeah. <laughs> at all without right. it. And the more clarity um, you can provide in direction in that communication, the more likely we are that we're going to be able to uh, have a better working environment, a better relationships. Mm-hmm. So this is tremendous. Now, this has been a great conversation. I love everything that you shared, which has been a powerhouse of of tidbits, uh, more than that, golden nuggets. But here's my thing. If you could direct the listeners into one thing that they could do starting today or tomorrow or this week, what would it be? Yeah, I would say it would be um, to think about writing in a meaning forward manner, front load your meaning in your email, put your main point at the top in your subject line, put the important words towards the beginning in case they don't all fit. If the person's reading on their phone in your sentence, don't start with, there are many possible reasons we should consider the impact, blah, blah, blah. Start with who's doing something and what are they doing? Who and what Lynn and Aaron talked on the podcast instead of it is noteworthy that a podcast has occurred, right? <laughs> Meaning forward, who and what early in your sentence, main point early in your emails, et cetera. All right. That's terrific uh, advice. And uh, this, I really like that getting to the point. Uh, and, you know, that is the most you can have that clarity. And yet it doesn't have to be like, uh, you know, you know, bullet shots. It can be still warm and inviting. Yes. So with that emotional EQ that you're going to make sure that you've got in there. Um, Wow. So this has been so wonderful. Aaron, thank you so much for sharing why emotional intelligence is needed for effective writing. I think we could talk about this a really long time, but I would love (laughs) to have you share with our listeners how and where they can find out more about you. Sure. Well, I'd love to, um, you know, see you all at my YouTube channel where you can leave a question if you have one, um, high value writing, and I know it'll be in the show notes. So you can come on over there and I take questions and comments and I'll respond to you. And you could also check out my book, high value writing. It's a a brief, quick read that's full of, um, actionable examples. All right. We will in fact have all of those links below so that Erin and her book and her YouTube channel are one click away. Uh, This has been such an informative discussion. It's been fascinating and very energizing for me. I'm just so excited. I'm going like, okay, I got to listen to this as soon as we're done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For those of you tuned in, if you have any ideas that you'd like to share, we love hearing your thoughts. Please leave us a comment. Uh, And of course, if you have a specific question or would like to suggest a topic for discussion, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitetoqueen.com. And to stay current on all of our insightful advice, our breakthrough advantages, and of course, incredible episodes like the one today with Erin, you can sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitetoqueen.com. I want to thank everyone who tuned in. And Erin, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Lynn. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks, everybody.